And welcome back, everyone, to Healthcare Politics with Steve Larchuk. This is Steve Larchuk, attorney, healthcare advocate, and your host. Many thanks to our national sponsor, Pair Networks. That's P-A-I-R.com. World-class web hosting and domain registration. And this is your source for serious but candid discussion of healthcare politics, where we dare to be reasonable. In other words, we want to hear all sides because if we don't start talking to each other, we're not going to get anywhere. We're just going to get deeper, deeper into trouble. This show is carried coast to coast. We now have 19 radio stations from Massachusetts to California to Florida, something like 13 states. And that tells you something because we just started in February. There's a a craving for intelligent conversation that doesn't mean bland. It doesn't mean nobody has an opinion. I certainly have plenty of opinions, but we really invite and encourage opposite points of view. Now, today our guest is Gina. She's a professional woman and supporter of Planned Parenthood. She's going to share her personal story and why she believes passionately in the 100-year mission of Planned Parenthood. And we'll get to that a little later in the show. But first, the news. Uh, Senate Republicans, as you know, are going back to the drawing board in their effort to gut the Patient Protection and Affordable Care Act, what a lot of people call Obamacare. Just uh, today, four polls came out, and they indicate, the USA Today poll indicates that 12% of Americans think the Senate bill is a good idea. 12%. I'm I'm hard-pressed to think of anything that could get such a low rating Uh, It goes uh, as high as 27% on one of the polls, but the other two are in the teens. It's just amazing that politicians would think that they should carry on with something that's so incredibly unpopular, even with their own base. But they are. They are carrying on. On the left, uh, well, on the right, I should say, there are senators, Republican senators like Rand Paul, who think the problem is that it's all just uh, too generous that really we need to just rip the Band-Aid off, throw everybody out on the street, let them fend for themselves, and if they can't, too bad. And uh, Paul Ryan, the Speaker of the House, pretty much is in that school of thought. On the left are Republican senators like um, Senator Collins from Maine and Murkowski from Alaska and others uh, scattered around the country who have a more humane and sensible point of view. And their position is, This isn't working. This plan is terrible. And we should be talking to the Democrats, God forbid. And actually, Mitch McConnell uh, recently was saying, you know, if we don't pass this Republican bill, we're going to have to talk to the Democrats. Like, that was a horrible thing. Maybe that's what the rest of the country really wants. You know, maybe that the country wants the two sides to actually sit down like adults, stop the food fight, and start really working on this problem. Uh, Around the country... What we're seeing is a lot of people are coming around to the view, and this show, frankly, espouses this view, that a single-payer plan, Medicare for All, is really what we need. And in the most recent survey from Pew, they indicate that 60% of Americans, 60% believe that we need some sort of government-run system for payment of health care costs, not to run every little bit of the of the system, but rather to organize how we pay for it and make it far more efficient. And 33% are all on board for Medicare for All. Now, that's up 5% since January. 5% just in the past 
six months. Now, that tell, if that keeps going, by the end of the year, we are going to be a country where more than half the country wants to have Medicare for all. So we're going to come back and talk about Medicare for all, and then we're going to transition into our interview with Gina. But let's take a short break. See us on the other side. This is Healthcare Politics with Steve Larchuk. Kurds and other Iraqi nationals living in parts of Tennessee have at least a brief reprieve from the threat of deportation this week. A federal court in Michigan blocked the immediate deportation of Iraqi individuals, many of whom have been here for more than a decade because of threats in their home country. Thomas Costelli, legal director for the American Civil Liberties Union of Tennessee, says the abrupt order to send them back to Iraq is turning lives upside down. Many of them have been living in the United States under supervision by the federal government for decades. A lot of them have spouses that are U.S. citizens, children that are U.S. citizens, they have businesses. These families are kind of being torn apart by these deportations. According to reports, at least 15 community members in the Nashville area have been sent back to Iraq, but there is no official report from immigration officials. Nationwide, 200 have been deported, and advocates are concerned many of them will face threats to their lives in their home country. I'm Stephanie Carson for the Tennessee News Service. And welcome back, everyone, coast to coast, Massachusetts to California. This is Healthcare Politics with Steve Larchuk. And as we come up on the 4th of July holiday, uh, we will, as we do every year, reflect on what it is to be an American. Uh, what is our motto? What is the American motto? Some people say e pluribus unum, from, from many one. That, that's a pretty good one. But, you know, a lot of extreme conservatives think our motto should be every man for himself. And you're seeing a reflection of that in Congress right now where there are extreme Republicans and maybe even some middle-of-the-road Republicans who believe that we should just strip all of the support from the health care programs in this country. And they want to start with Medicaid. And as Paul Ryan recently said, he's been dreaming about killing Medicaid since he was in college. Now, I, I frankly, I make no bones about this or pretend not to have an opinion. I don't understand how a leader in this country, Speaker of the House, can say that because I'm, I'm imagining him standing in the grocery line somewhere and somebody walking up and explaining that they would love to buy their own insurance if they had a job that paid a living wage. Is, is he going to do something about that? I would love to, have, to buy my own insurance if I could uh, afford it, if it had deductibles that weren't a joke. Is he going to do anything about that? I would love to be able to support my, uh, my elders as they go through their declining years when they've exhausted their small pensions or savings and Social Security just can't keep up. I'd love to do that, Speaker Ryan, but you've made that impossible for me. And your solution seems to be that if I can't do it on my own, then I should just die or my, my relatives should just die. And in your world, Speaker Ryan... That's the way things should be. And, you know, uh, the leader of the Senate, the Republican Senate, very much the same. So 
just ask yourself this. You know, 60 years ago, Martin Luther King said, of all forms of injustice, inequality in health care is the most shocking and inhumane. Let me read that again. Of all forms of injustice, inequality in health care is the most shocking and inhumane. And this, this really is a test. If you agree that inequality in health care is shocking and inhumane, then you are on the side of people who believe that we should have a health care system in this country that serves everyone. And that it's not tied to where you work or how much money you make. It's not a question of pitting one group against another group. We're all in this together, e pluribus unum, from, from many one. If that's what you believe, then you need to fight hard against what the Republicans are trying to do and support people like Bernie Sanders and John Conyers in the Congress who are pushing for some kind of a Medicare for All program. And as I indicated previously, it's a popular thing. We're up to 33% of the country is absolutely on board with Medicare for All, and that's what we should be doing. You know, in California, they, they recently were working on a bill to get California people covered, 100% of the Californians covered, and it passed through their Senate, and they had a very exhaustive economic analysis done. In other words, does this make any sense, or is this just a fantasy to have health coverage for everyone? Keep in mind, by the way, that we're the only industrialized country of any consequence that doesn't do that. The United Kingdom, France, Japan, all these other countries that we compete with, somehow they've figured it out. Why can't we figure it out? Why are they so much smarter than we are? And the answer is they aren't any smarter than we are, but we have enough hardcore conservatives who just hate government no matter what it does, and they just can't bear the thought that that there would be a government program like Medicare that already exists that could be expanded to cover everybody. They just can't stand that. The California plan would have been covering everybody with no premiums, no deductibles, no co-pays, no caps. It would be a good comprehensive plan that would include all health care, drugs, even dental and vision. And the economic analysis, and we had one of the uh, economists on the show a couple of weeks ago, Peter Arno, who did that particular uh, analysis, and it's absolutely possible and when I talk to people, and I've, I've been doing this for 20 years, folks, talking about single-payer, Medicare for all, why it's such a great thing for American business, frankly. they can. You, if you're a small business person, it's a problem for you to provide health care coverage for your employees. If you're an entrepreneur who works someplace where you just as soon leave, but you're stuck because you need the health insurance provided by the employer, you can if you if your health care coverage comes from something like Healthy California, which is their plan, then it it's a boom. It's an absolute boom, an explosion of of uh, entrepreneurial spirit that can overtake this country, and lots of people can get better jobs and start doing the things that Republicans claim they want us all to do. So here we are, as I said. It's 4th of July, and as many of you know, most of most Americans are women. There are more women in this country than men, yet, for some reason, they are still fighting for equal rights, equal pay, 
and the right to control their own bodies. You know, many listening uh, to this show may be surprised that as recently as 1965, it was illegal in many states to purchase contraception. Now, 65 is an interesting year because the oral contraceptive, what people call the pill, was relatively new. It was a relatively new invention, and women wanted to purchase that that uh, medication to free themselves from pregnancies or child childbirth before they were ready to do it. And because of religious reasoning, a lot of states made that illegal. Well, in 1965, the Supreme Court of the United States said, wait a minute, even though it's not written in black and white in the Constitution or the Bill of Rights, the Bill of Rights of the United States has a provision that basically says the list here in the Bill of Rights is not exhaustive. We all have other rights, many other rights, and one of them is privacy. And so the Supreme Court in 1965 said married adults have the right to purchase contraceptives. And then a few years later, they, they extended that to unmarried adults. And then a few years after that, Roe v. Wade, which basically said that that right of privacy for a woman extends to her right to choose. And of course, that was a long time ago, and many, many courts, Supreme Courts, including very many conservative-leaning Supreme Courts, have recognized that fundamental right. Now, there's been a lot of quibbling over how much there can be in terms of, of regulation, but fundamentally, the right to privacy is a constitutional right of all Americans, and that includes the right of women to uh, control their own bodies. So what we see is that the people who just can't agree with that uh, are training their guns on Planned Parenthood. Now, Planned Parenthood has been around for 100 years, long before Roe versus Wade, long before Griswold versus Connecticut, which was the right to buy contraceptives. It's been serving women, mostly poor women who couldn't afford health care anywhere else, for 100 years. But the extreme right wing and the people who think that their religion not only controls their point of view, but should control everybody's point of view, and they want to impose their religious reasoning on everybody else, they've trained their guns on Planned Parenthood. And so we're going to take the rest of the show today to talk about Planned Parenthood because it's right in their crosshairs. And we have Gina here, and when we come back from break, uh, she will tell us what Planned Parenthood meant to her. So we're going to take that break. And when we come back, we'll be joined by Gina right here in the studio. This is Healthcare Politics with Steve Larchuk. See you on the other side. Efforts to repeal and replace the Affordable Care Act are on hold for now, but medical professionals are concerned about what the U.S. Senate will bring forward after the July 4th recess. Dale Tarasaki, a second-year resident on the CU Anschutz Medical Campus, has experienced Medicaid, the program currently slated to be cut by nearly a trillion dollars, as both a patient and doctor. He says he's concerned that under the proposed health plans, 22 million people would lose coverage, including more than 600,000 Coloradans. 
these are real people we're talking about that are newly covered with Medicaid expansion right now. I was one of them. We really should build upon the progress that we've made with the Affordable Care Act. People are benefiting right now as we speak. As a medical student, Tarasaki was diagnosed with a serious condition requiring heart surgery. Medicaid expansion prevented him from being saddled with more than $100,000 in debt. He says the experience as a Medicaid recipient gave him a better appreciation for the health program and new insight into what many of his patients are going through. Supporters of the U.S. Senate's Better Care Reconciliation Act say government shouldn't be in the business of insuring patients and that the new proposals will reduce the federal deficit. Now that Tarasaki is part of the CU residency program, he has good insurance and doesn't have to worry about potential bankruptcy in the event of another health emergency. Tarasaki says if Medicaid expansion is rolled back, the impacts will be far-reaching and hospitals and clinics again will be forced to pay for uncompensated care when people without coverage show up in the ER. According to the Colorado Health Institute, the state could lose $15 billion in Medicaid funding by 2030. It's been a great asset to the hospitals, to our residency training. Cutting people off of it, just taking money away from a program that I've seen work personally and continues to work for millions of Americans. It's not the solution. According to a new NPR PBS NewsHour poll, just 17% of Americans are in favor of the Senate's plan to repeal and replace Obamacare. This is Eric Galatis reporting for the Colorado News Connection. Today we decided to walk to school. The light counted. 15, 14, 41, I mean 13. We took, took a left on Carroll Street. Street. Danny's smart, but he gets distracted. I realized he forgot his homework. I hope he doesn't have another bad day at school. When you can see learning and attention issues from their side, you can be on their side. That's why there's understood.org, a free resource for the parents of the one in five kids with learning and attention issues. Go from misunderstanding to understood.org. Brought to you by Understood and the Ad Council. This is Mario Andretti. You know me as a race car driver, but I'm also a Meals on Wheels volunteer. I've raced against the sport's biggest personalities, but I've never met more vibrant, amazing people than the seniors served by Meals on Wheels. You can make a difference by dropping off a hot meal and saying a quick hello. So, America, let's do lunch. Volunteer your lunch break at americaletsdolunch.org. This message brought to you by Meals on Wheels America and the Ad Council. And welcome back, everyone, from coast to coast, Massachusetts, California, down to Florida. This is Healthcare Politics with Steve Larchuk. And the rest of the show is devoted to a discussion of Planned Parenthood. And what is Planned Parenthood? It's amazing how so many people across the country have the wrong idea. So we're going to invest the rest of the show today to get the facts straight. You may still decide that you don't like Planned Parenthood when it's over, but at least you'll know what it's really all about. And as I mentioned before the break, Planned Parenthood has been around for 100 years, and it does not get a big check from the federal government every year. A lot of people seem to think that when we talk about the conservatives wanting to defund Planned Parenthood, it's not like they're getting a check and the Congress wants to stop writing that check. All that Planned Parenthood is a provider of health care services, and we're going to talk about the wide range of health care services, and they bill Medicaid or they bill insurance companies or sometimes people, if they can afford it, they chip in themselves. It's just like any other uh, health care provider, doctors, uh, nurses, 
aides, people that are, that are there to help, and they only get paid for what they do. So what these extremists in Congress, when they say they want to defund Planned Parenthood, what they mean is they want to disqualify Planned Parenthood from participating as a health care provider just the way they have for 100 years. And they want to do that not because they hate the name Planned Parenthood, but because Planned Parenthood, as part of its wide range of services, also provides pregnancy termination. And as we discussed in the last part of the show, that is a constitutional right for women in this country to control their own bodies, to decide how they want to proceed when they find out they're pregnant. It is a constitutional right. And as we'll talk about a little later, to my knowledge, it is the only constitutional right where people often need to have an escort to protect them while they go try and exercise that right. So we have in the studio with us not Cecile Richards, the president of Planned Parenthood. We don't have any of the big shots. We have an ordinary person. Gina, I think you're really extraordinary, but what I mean is you're just like the rest, the rest of us uh, out there. And you have had experience with Planned Parenthood, and it, it caused you to want to do more as a volunteer, unpaid volunteer. So let's start by just saying you are a professional. You have a master's degree. And just tell us about your background a little bit. What, what, is, what is your training? Sure. I have um, My background is in public health. I've got my master's in um, public health from the University of Pittsburgh. Um, and my experiences with Planned Parenthood actually led me to choose that path. Well, you, we talked a little bit yesterday just to get ready for today, and apparently your first contact with Planned Parenthood came when you were a college student. Right, right. Tell, I, tell us about that. Yeah, um, sure. I was uh, working my way through school. Um, this was before any of the Obamacare was around. Um, there was a lot of debate about um, pre-existing conditions, so I knew about all that, and I discovered a lump on my breast, and it was completely, completely terrifying. I knew that if I was sick, I wouldn't be able to get insurance, and I knew that there was no way that I would be able to get insurance just to go to the doctor, because I wouldn't have been able to pay my rent. Um, so it really took me a while to build up the courage to actually see a medical professional um, because I didn't know what my options were. Um, so let's just summarize for a second. Here mm -hmm. you are in college. Mm -hmm. You're you know, typical starving college student mm -hmm. just trying to get by and, and do what we all want our kids to do, and that is get a college degree. Right. And you found a lump on your breast mm -hmm which must have been just terrifying. It was completely terrifying. It's, you know, I lost a grandmother to cancer in my early teens. Um, my family has some history of mastectomy. We're not sure if it was related to breast cancer or not because it was so long ago. But um, it was really scary because I, I didn't know what my options were and what, what to do. And you had no health insurance. No. And you didn't have money to go see doctors. No, 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 no. And so you were in the position, and you didn't have Medicaid. Or, right. Uh, you were not on any of these programs. Right. So you only had one place to go. Right. And so right. tell us what happened. So um, I knew that 
if there was anywhere that I could go, Planned Parenthood would be able to at least tell me what my options were. So after a few weeks of going back and forth in my head, um, you know, and trying to build up the courage to actually go, I, one Saturday, they had walk-in hours and I went. And I was met by a gigantic crowd of protesters that I didn't expect, um, which really shook me. I, I remember um, seeing somebody in an orange, or yellow escort vest and walking right up to them and saying, get me in that building before somebody has to call the police because I can't, I can't, it was completely ridiculous. Okay. Now I have, I have heard about these, these sorts of things. Right. And as I just said, it's, it's to me shocking. And as an attorney, it is, it's just beyond heartbreaking that, people who are trying to exercise a constitutional right with regard to terminating pregnancies have to go through that sort of gauntlet of protesters. But you weren't there for that reason. You were there for a totally different reason. I was there for basic health care. I wasn't there to make some sort of political statement. I was there because I had nowhere else to go, and I knew that they could help me. Um, It was such such a... such a contrast between the crowd of angry, mainly older white men outside and the the staff at Planned Parenthood. They were reassuring. They were compassionate. Um, they explained, you know, what my options for care were. Um, they ended up doing a clinical breast exam and telling me that I did need further testing, um, they gave me a, they had to write a prescription for a diagnostic mammogram, and they gave me a voucher for that. Um, and I remember afterwards sitting, waiting, waiting in the waiting room to get my prescription and just sitting there and like in shock because I was young. That doesn't happen to young people. That's terrifying. I don't, I, I've never been through anything like that. Um, and all of a sudden I sort of tuned out of my own fear and tuned into the background of the room, and you could hear the protesters in the waiting room, screaming. There was some guy screaming, 10 million babies, 10 million babies. And I'm looking around. There was a, you know, there were other women in there. There was a pretty young person in there with a social worker who was trying to distract them from the noise. Like, nobody nobody needed to hear that. Well, it's, um, we're going to transition into a break here. But you're with us the rest of the hour. We're going to talk about Planned Parenthood in a broader sense. But... That experience also caused you to think about your responsibility to other women. And now you're, you're a volunteer with Planned Parenthood. Exactly. Just tell us in a minute or so what you're doing now. Yeah, so now that, that whole experience made me really realize that, you know, that resource needs to be protected. And there, in the news, just as always, there are politicians fighting to take it away. Um, so I decided to fight to protect women's access to care and I got my master's in public health and that's what I do in my profession. And as a volunteer, I am an advocacy speaker, um, for Planned Parenthood. So I tell my story at rallies, that sort of thing. All right. Well, we're going to take a break and Gina's with us for the rest of the hour. So please come back. This is Steve Larchuk, Healthcare Politics. See you on the other side. Thank you. 
You're listening to Win Workers Independent News, a Diversified Media Enterprises production. I'm Doug Cunningham. Working people brought this bill to a screeching halt. We mobilized in record time, and we're not about to stand down. AFL-CIO President Rich Trumka on the stalled Republican Senate health care bill. Labor isn't letting up in its campaign to stop this bill. We're running ads. We're flooding Senate offices with phone calls. We're mobilizing in the states. We're going all out. It's time for Congress to abandon this reckless plan and come together on a bipartisan basis to improve the Affordable Care Act. That's what voters want. Trumka says the AFL-CIO isn't fooled by what Trump and his Republicans are doing with this so-called health care bill. Make no mistake, this bill isn't a health care plan at all. It's a massive transfer of wealth from workers to Wall Street. It obliterates Medicaid, according to the nonpartisan Congressional Budget office. It will increase the number of uninsured Americans by 22 million, and it cuts taxes for millionaires while it raises taxes on hardworking men and women who have negotiated high-quality health care. This bill is a sham, and it's a shame. So working families are fighting back. We're fighting for our children, our parents, in our community. This is a vicious, vicious assault on America's health care security. Sandra Falwell is a D.C. registered nurse and a member of National Nurses United. This bill poses a mortal threat to the health and well-being of our country. As registered nurses, we recognize that this is an extremely mean-spirited and callous bill that would substantially harm our patients. Instead of kicking tens of millions of people off of health insurance, we need to move forward to the only system that will guarantee that everyone has access to safe therapeutic health care, a single-payer Medicare for all. For Zahara Heckscher, a breast cancer survivor being treated with very expensive medicines, the GOP health care bill is life-threatening. Health insurance means that I can do the treatments that my doctors think is best, take the modern medicines that my doctors think are going to extend my life as long as possible. Seven government employee unions oppose privatization of America's air traffic control system. Republicans in the House version of the FAA reauthorization bill included privatization. The unions, including AFGE, AFSME, and the National Association of Government Employees, say that, quote, Overhauling the entire aviation system by removing air traffic control from federal oversight and funding will be a serious setback for its development and growth, end quote. Wynn is brought to you in part by the Amalgamated Transit Union, the largest labor union representing transit and allied workers in the U.S. and Canada, online at atu.org. You've been listening to Wynn, Workers Independent News. For more information, visit workersindependentnews.com. Adopt U.S. Kids presents Multiple Choice Parenting. You're bringing your daughter to her favorite pop star's concert. Do you A, wear earplugs? Isn't this fun, Dad? I have a soft pretzel. B, remember the moment with matching concert t-shirts. That's going to be 180 bucks. Or we can just take a photo. C, show her how you used to do concerts. We're going crowd surfing. I can't. It's too heavy! Oh my god! Ah. Or D, just roll with it. Woo! Justin! Look at us! We're over here! Justin! Justin! OMG! He just looked... I love you, Justin! I love you! When it comes to parenting, there are no perfect answers. But that's okay, because you don't have to be perfect to be a perfect parent. Teens in foster care will love you just the same. For more information on how you can adopt, visit adoptuskids.org slash AL. A public service announcement from the U.S. Department of Health and Human Services, Adopt U.S. Kids, and the Ad Council. Single payer is what it's called.
Welcome back to Healthcare Politics with Steve Larchuk. We are coast-to-coast, Massachusetts to California to Florida and 10 other states. And we're so grateful for all of you who have joined us, and we're especially grateful to our national sponsor, Pair Networks, world-class web hosting and domain name registration, Pair.com, P-A-I-R.com. And we have us have with us in the studio today Gina, who is an unpaid volunteer with Planned Parenthood of Western Pennsylvania. And in the last segment, she told us her own very compelling story about her experience when she went to Planned Parenthood as a college student because she had found a, a lump on her breast and her family had a history of breast cancer and she had no insurance, she had no money, she had... Uh, she knew she couldn't apply for insurance because she'd have to confess the pre-existing condition of a lump on her breast and knew that no insurance company would, would insure her. Sound familiar? That is the way it was in the bad old days before the Affordable Care Act came along, and that is what the extreme Republicans in Congress want us to go back to. So she she told us that story, but now she is an unpaid volunteer, as I mentioned, and is uh, here to talk to us about Planned Parenthood and the truth in terms of the things the Planned Parenthood does, generally speaking. So we're going to start with that. Gina, what kind of services does Planned Parenthood provide to women across the United States? Right. So Planned Parenthood provides a range of services. Most of them are focused on prevention. Um, I'll start with something that people might not think. Planned Parenthood is the nation's largest provider of sex ed in um, schools and in the community. They do um, 80, about 80 percent of their patients that go there are there to prevent pregnancies. Um, so they're there for contraception. They're there for education. Um, they also do a bunch of STI screenings and treatment. Okay, STIs are sexually transmitted infections. Okay. Um, so they do they do those, um, and of course they do provide abortion services and um, some general health services. So, women across the country who don't have insurance or for whatever reason don't have access to an OBGYN. Uh, they've been going to Planned Parenthood for 100 years for things that aren't related to pregnancy right. terminations. Right, and I did I neglected to mention screenings, um, which is kind of ironic because that's why I initially went. Um, they do uh, pap smears, which prevent or help you catch gynecological cancers early. Gynecological cancers are some of the easiest to treat if you catch them early, and they do um, breast exams. You know, you, you mentioned when you were just telling us your story in the last segment that after they confirm that, yes, you do have mm -hmm. a suspicious lump on mm -hmm. your breast, that the Planned Parenthood people gave you a voucher. Yeah. Now, yeah. tell me about the voucher. What was that and so how did it work? That was a voucher for a mammogram. At that, at that time, they had been working in partnership in, in our area with the Susan G. Komen Foundation, and they were one of the sites that would screen and provide vouchers. So, you know, they don't, they don't have radiologists at Planned Parenthood. They don't do mammograms on site. And if you have a breast lump, you can't just walk in and say, hey, I want a diagnostic mammogram. That's not how it works. Um, so that, that is how they connect women to that kind of care. And I, just so the audience isn't 
worried about it. Mm-hmm. As it turned out, your lump was? It was benign. I ended up needing a biopsy, which was terrifying. And they even were able to help me figure out how to get that covered. So that was $8,000 in medical bills that I did not have to worry about, thanks to Planned Parenthood. Well, boy, that sounds like a program we've got to kill. <laughs> I mean, that's just, that's just like the worst thing ever. Of course, uh, being sarcastic, because it's so frustrating when you hear that sort of story. And Planned Parenthood exists because a lot of people have worked really hard Mm -hmm. to create it and to keep it going and to expand its services. Uh, I understand there are three locations in western Pennsylvania, but Planned Parenthood is really across the country, isn't right. it? Right. Oh, yeah, they have. There are um, six hundred, about six hundred and fifty individual um, health health clinics across the country, and about half of them are in medically underserved areas. And there are actually one hundred and fifty counties in the U.S. where Planned Parenthood is the only reproductive health care provider. I'm sorry. How many? One hundred and fifty. So one hundred and fifty counties mm-hmm. in the United States. Mm-hmm. If, if, if it weren't for Planned Parenthood, mm-hmm. they would have no reproductive services exactly, at all. Exactly, exactly. And, you know, there's a big argument that, what, you know, why can't they just go to a health, health clinic? Why can't they go to a community health clinic? And a lot of times, you know, community health clinics are placed by law. They are placed in areas that are medically underserved and serve medically underserved people. So expecting them to absorb that caseload is completely un, unrealistic. Now, I've heard different statistics and one statistic was that 97 percent of the services provided by Planned Parenthood have nothing to do with pregnancy termination Mm -hmm. is that is that a an accurate number yeah yeah according to their um their latest annual report yes all right and of course the people that that hate Planned Parenthood say well it's it's higher than that or their argument is well you take you take the profits from your Medicaid patients, and of course, I don't think there's a whole lot of profit in a Medicaid patient, but you take those those profits, and it spills over and subsidizes the pregnancy terminations. And so you can, you can spin these numbers however you want, but the important thing is that most of the encounters between Planned Parenthood physicians and professionals and the women they serve are not related to pregnancy terminations. Right. You could even argue that most of their encounters are designed to prevent abortion from even coming into the picture. Well, that's the name of the organization, Planned right. Parenthood. The right. idea was it shouldn't be a surprise. It shouldn't be unwanted. It shouldn't be unplanned, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. All right. So I want to talk a little bit about what the president offered. You know, the president ran... Well, let me back up even earlier. You know, there was a time when Donald Trump was the um, was totally pro-choice, and then he decided to run as a Republican, so he flipped and became anti-choice. And he recently offered Planned Parenthood this deal: if you'll drop all of the abortion services, then I will support Planned Parenthood. But you've got to stop helping women exercise their constitutional right to terminate a pregnancy. And I'll tell you what, we're, we're running up against a break here, and so I'm going to let that sort of hang out there because when we come back, we're going to talk about the fact that Planned Parenthood decided not to take that deal. They could have easily said, okay, you know, we give up. 
we'll throw all the women who need termination services under the bus because you're making us do it just to save the rest of what we do. They, Planned Parenthood had sa said to the president, no deal. And so we're going to talk a little bit about that when we come on the other side. And in, 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 before we take that break, I just want to reiterate to the audience, I'm not pretending to be neutral in this. So if you want to send nasty grams and emails and such, you know, be my guest. But I'm a believer in constitutional rights like voting, the right to exercise free religion, like the right to petition for redress of grievances. You know, it's in the Constitution, and even though I don't own a gun, I'm, I understand that the Second Amendment allows people to have guns. And if you want to go to a gun show or a gun shop, you don't need an escort to get in. The only exercise of a constitutional right that seems to be challenged this way with impunity there are no police at these clinics trying to protect the women trying to get in. They're protected by other volunteers, protected by nothing more than a plastic bib that says escort. And we're going to come back after the break. This is Steve Larchuk, Healthcare Politics. Hope you enjoyed your meal. And I just want to say, he's lucky to have a brother like you. Lucky? Caring for my brother is far from easy. But he's a part of me, like my arms and legs, so I'll be his. No time for tired. Nothing can disable this love. He needs me, but I'm the lucky one, even though I need help now and then. If you're caring for a loved one, visit aarp.org caregiving for care guides and community. Support for your strength. Brought to you by AARP and the Ad Council. What are all the things you witness online in a day? Cats playing piano, selfies on your feed, your friend's picture being turned into a nasty meme that's been shared 50 times, 51, 52. When someone's being bullied online, it's hard to know what to do. Now you can speak up with the witness emoji. It looks like an eye in a speech bubble, and it's in the symbol section near the clocks in your phone. You'll let the world know it isn't cool, and you'll let your friend know you care. Learn more at eyewitnessbullying.org. Brought to you by the Ad Council. You're not wired to have a response to this sound. You're neutral to it. And you can hear it repeatedly without feeling anything. But when we introduce a new stimulus, save the food, we've achieved pulling a natural or inborn response from you. Save the food, because 40% of all food in the U.S. never gets eaten. Save the food. Cook it, store it, share it. Just don't waste it. For tips and recipes, visit savethefood.com. Brought to you by NRDC and the Ad Council. When it comes to saving money, don't act like a baby. Goo goo gaga. Be the boss and make a budget. I'm the boss, baby. You're the boss of me. I am the boss of you. Are not. M2. Are not. M2. Need a little help? Aren't you going to do any work? I'm very busy delegating. Create a personalized savings plan. We can share. You obviously didn't go to business school. And get other tools and tips at feedthepig.org. Brought to you by the American Institute of CPAs and the Ad Council. Imagine if I told you that an earthquake was going to hit tomorrow right where you live. That it would be 6.5 in magnitude with aftershocks occurring twice 25 minutes apart you'd no doubt talk with your loved ones and you'd make a plan today. It's true, I can't tell you an earthquake will happen tomorrow, but what if it does? Shouldn't you have a plan? 
Go to ready.gov communicate and make your emergency plan today. Don't wait. Communicate. Brought to you by FEMA and the Ad Council. What if I told you that a tornado was going to happen tomorrow right where you live? That it would touch down at exactly 3.17 p.m. and I told you the exact path it would take. You would, of course, prepare. You would talk with your loved ones and you'd make a plan today. It's true. I can't tell you a tornado will strike tomorrow. But shouldn't you have a plan anyway? Go to ready.gov communicate and make your emergency plan today. Don't wait. Communicate. Brought to you by FEMA and the Ad Council. And this is Steve Larchuk with Healthcare Politics with Steve Larchuk. And our guest this week is Gina. And we're talking about Planned Parenthood. And uh, we've talked about her story uh, when she went to Planned Parenthood as a college student because she ha- found a lump on her breast and how she had to navigate her way through a crowd of protesters just to get a breast exam. We also have learned about all the other services Planned Parenthood provides in addition to pregnancy termination and how pregnancy terminations represent a tiny fraction of what they do, but it is a fraction that serves the constitutional rights and needs of women who choose to exercise their right to privacy as determined by not just one Supreme Court, but by many Supreme Courts, including many conservative Supreme Courts, since 1965, when it was ruled that uh, women in, had the right to buy contraceptives, to, to buy the pill. In those states where it was illegal, they, they were depriving women of a constitutional right. So when we broke, I brought up the, the issue that the president, who at one time was pro-choice and became anti-choice because he wanted to run for president as a Republican, Uh, He made an offer to Planned Parenthood, and the deal was this. If you'll stop doing pregnancy terminations, if you'll just shut down all of those locations where women go when they make that choice, that incredibly difficult choice, and they're looking for a safe place to exercise that constitutional right, if you will shut all that down, then I'll support Planned Parenthood, and you can and you won't be threatened with disqualification from the Medicaid program and federal funding. And Planned Parenthood said, no deal. And uh, Gina, I know you're, you're not the overall spokesman for Planned Parenthood of America, but you're a volunteer who cares deeply about Planned Parenthood. And I'm just curious what your personal point of view is on that that offer and, and Planned Parenthood's decision. Right. So in addition to being a civil right, Abortion is health care. Birth control is health care. And STI testing is health care. And maternity care is health care. And women in this country deserve no less than access to a full range of reproductive health care. Now, Planned Parenthood is not, their motto is um, care no matter what. These doors stay open. Um, they're not about to abandon their patients or their values just because the Republican Party decided to offer them dangle money in front of them. Um, there's no federal funding that goes towards abortion. There's no reason, no reason for them to aban- th- that they would want to abandon their patients in that way. Well, you know, I'm, I, I'm a historian before I became a lawyer. And when you consider American history, if you go all the way back to Lexington Green and uh, the shot heard around the world when when 
colonists decided that their rights were more important than their personal safety or giving in to the king. All the way up to the present, there are moments in American history when people make courageous decisions that maybe are not terribly practical from a financial point of view. And this is one of those times. Uh, the Planned Parenthood decision to say to the president, Mr. President, you have no right to ask us to do that. This, the, the Supreme Court of this country for 60 years through many decisions has said this is a constitutional right that women have. And if you deprive them of a safe place to do this, it's the same as telling them they have no right. And we're not going to be a collaborator with your political decision to try and reinforce your political base at the expense of a lot of innocent and mostly poor and underserved women. So, so that's, um, that's a little soapbox right there in case people couldn't tell where I come down on this. But let's talk about, on a more positive note, women who find themselves in the same position you found yourself when you were a college student how can they access the, the services of Planned Parenthood? Uh, what do they do? Who do they call? Right. So unfortunately, Planned Parenthood is not in every county. So there are a lot of areas where women don't have access to Planned Parenthood. Um, to find out if you do have access, you can go to PlannedParenthood.org. Um, from there, you can um, find out if there is Planned Parenthood in your area. You can schedule appointments online. Um, Okay. If the bill that's currently pending in the House and Senate, and which includes a disqualification, they call it defunding, mm -hmm. but we already went through that little uh, discussion about the semantics of it. One way or the other, it essentially treats Planned Parenthood differently than any other mm -hmm. health care provider by disqualifying them from being paid for the services they provide. If that happens... The, uh, the bills as written now say, well, we're only going to do that for a year. Well, if, if Planned Parenthood were cut off from the small amount of money it gets for the services it provides, mm -hmm. what would happen in a year? Well, um, I think I'm not sure about a year, but if you look at, we can look at Texas as an example of, of what happens when you cut women's health care. Um, in 2011, Texas moved to exclude Planned Parenthood's clinics from their family planning, planning program, and they also excluded 80 other clinics, um, forced 80 other family planning clinics to close. All of the non-Planned Parenthood clinics had to absorb that caseload. About They had to take on about 80% more clients on average. Um, and what happened between 2010 and 2014 was their rate of um, women who died because of childbirth complications doubled. And Texas now has the lowest maternal mortality rate in the developed world. So those are the kind of dangers that we're looking at if this bill is I passed. I think you mean the highest rate. Sorry. Of, yeah. <laughs> That's okay. Highest, highest rate. Highest rate. Yeah, Texas, um, Texas has a lot of issues. Uh, how can women who believe in Planned Parenthood, how can men and women, frankly, mm -hmm. who believe in the mission of Parent, Planned Parenthood help? Mm -hmm. what, what can we do? Right. There's a lot of different ways that you can support Planned Parenthood. One of the most important ways is contacting your elected officials. You can call them. If you're nervous about calling, you can call at night and leave a message. Um, 
you can switch to Planned Parenthood as your provider if you have private insurance that financially supports the organization and the women that they serve. Um, you can go online to PlannedParenthood.org and set up uh, and donate. You can set up monthly donations. Um, you know, I never think about my Netflix, but I'm always glad that I have it there. Um, and you can also sign up as a supporter. And you, if you sign up as a supporter, you'll be able to get legislative updates and help your local officials understand, you know, how many supporters they have in their um, in their area. Well, Gina, thank you so much for for coming in and sharing your very personal story and for all that you're doing. We're going to take our final break and come back with a few closing comments. This is Steve Larchuk, Healthcare Politics. Hi, I found a toy dinosaur over on the playground by Smith Street. It had this phone number on it, and, well, I just wanted to make sure the dinosaur made it back to its little owner. When I found the little sippy cup, I just had to give you a call. It's for a kid, you know? I know my son gets super attached to the smallest things, even a fire truck, and I'd be happy to drop it off. We'd do anything for kids, yet one in six children in the U.S. struggle with hunger. Help end childhood hunger. Contact Food Bank of West Central Texas. Brought to you by Feeding America and the Ad Council. Today, Today we, we decided decide to, to walk, walk to school. The light counted. 15, 14, 41, 31, I mean 13. We took, took a, a left, left on Carroll Street. Street. Danny's well, smart, but he gets distracted. Oh. I realized, realized he forgot his homework. I hope, I hope he doesn't have another bad day at school. When you can see learning and attention issues from their side, you can be on their side. That's why there's understood.org, a free resource for the parents of the one in five kids with learning and attention issues. Go from misunderstanding to understood.org. Brought to you by Understood and the Ad Council. This is Mario Andretti. You know me as a race car driver, but I'm also a Meals on Wheels volunteer. I've raced against the sport's biggest personalities, but I've never met more vibrant, amazing people than the seniors served by Meals on Wheels. You can make a difference by dropping off a hot meal and saying a quick hello. So, America, let's do lunch. Volunteer your lunch break at americaletsdolunch.org. This message brought to you by Meals on Wheels America and the Ad Council. Adopt U.S. Kids presents Multiple Choice Parenting. You're bringing your daughter to her favorite pop star's concert. Do you A, wear earplugs? Isn't this fun, Dad? I have a soft pretzel. B, remember the moment with matching concert t-shirts. That's going to be 180 bucks. Or we can just take a photo. C, show her how you used to do concerts. We're going crowd surfing. I can't. It's too heavy. Oh, my God. Or D, just roll with it. Woo! Justin! Look at us, we're over here! Justin! Justin! OMG! He just looked... I love you, Justin! I love you! When it comes to parenting, there are no perfect answers. But that's okay, because you don't have to be perfect to be a perfect parent. Teens in foster care will love you just the same. For more information on how you can adopt, visit adoptuskids.org slash AL. A public service announcement from the U.S. Department of Health and Human Services, Adopt U.S. Kids, and the Ad Council. Hope you enjoyed your meal. And I just want to say, he's lucky to have a brother like you. Lucky? Caring for my brother is far from easy. But he's a part of me, like my arms and legs, so I'll be his. No time for tired. Nothing can disable this love. He needs me. But I'm the lucky one, even though I need help now and then. If you're caring for a loved one, visit aarp.org caregiving for care guides and community. Support for your strength. Brought to you by AARP and the Ad Council. 
single payer is what it's called. And as you know, this is Healthcare Politics with Steve Larchuk and single payer Medicare for all. That is the only way it's going to work, folks. We can continue to twist ourselves into knots and pretend that there's a way other than Medicare for all. But ultimately, that's where we're going. And a whole lot of people are beginning to recognize that. Uh, the Pew poll just this past week said 60% of Americans are perfectly okay with a government-run health care finance system. 33% want Medicare for all, and that number is growing by about 1% a month. By the end of the year, more Americans will want Medicare for all than anything else. And when we watch what's happening in Washington, who can blame them? Uh, it's just incredible. As uh, Churchill once observed, the American people will do the right thing, but only after they've tried everything else. So here we are. Gina has been with us this week, uh, sharing with us her personal testimony with regard to how Planned Parenthood played a role in her life and why she's volunteering her time uh, to come to talk to us and to help uh, Planned Parenthood fight against the people that just want to shut it down, essentially for extreme political reasons without regard to the fact that they're they're killing a place that provides a lot of services that have nothing to do with terminating pregnancies. And to the contrary, without Planned Parenthood, there'd be a whole lot more uh, unwanted pregnancies or unplanned pregnancies, and that will just spike up the uh, termination rate. So it makes no sense to hate Planned Parenthood. So many thanks to our national sponsor, Pair Networks, world-class web hosting and domain name registration. That's pair.com, P-A-I-R.com. Please visit us at healthcare-politics.com where you can listen to all of our past shows. Our music is courtesy of Mike Stout. Our booker and producer is Ann McGeary. Engineering and technical support is provided by TUE Media. Until next week, please do remember the words of Martin Luther King Jr. Of all forms of injustice, inequality in healthcare is the most shocking and inhumane. This has been a production of Dare to be Reasonable Media, LLC. Please join us every week for Healthcare Politics with Steve Larchuk. And until then, stay healthy, my friends.